if you shoot for mind blowing sex, you might just only have that once in your lifetime. And that's a sad situation that, to have when you can have good enough sex most of your life. You know, you can have that uh, mind blowing sex that happened for a few hours once when you were 22, or you can have a lifetime of all of that amazing average sex that stimulates your brain to the point where you are a happy and content person. Hello and welcome. This is Love, Sass and Grass, and I'm your host, Laura Hamilton. I'm a certified cannabis educator, and this podcast is to help women and couples have honest conversations about menopause, libido, and how to be a knowledgeable cannabis consumer. This podcast is meant for adults only. We will be discussing cannabis use. Please respect the laws of your local jurisdiction. Listener discretion is advised. I haven't actually named this episode yet. So, uh, let's just talk. Let's just talk. Yeah, Not let's whatever. just talk. I mean, there's so much about you that I, I'm fascinated by because I'm not quite sure exactly what a th- sex therapist entails. So, I'm really curious to know what that is. So, I guess I'm going to be on the couch with a sex therapist. <laughs> Great. So, what is a sex therapists actually do. Anytime you have any kind of issues, problem, whether it be mental health or medical, I always tell people, get yourself a team of providers. Don't just have this one doctor. The doctor tells you what you do or don't need to do. Make sure you have a therapist. And for some women, maybe most women, get yourself a pelvic floor therapist. Get yourself a number of things that will help you uh, navigate life. And sex therapists usually help you navigate the sexual realm And we're kind of like a general provider of sorts uh, when it comes to sex. And a lot of us specialize in different things, or uh, a lot of us may specialize or just want to see a specific population or group of people. But most of us that are sex therapists in training or actual certified sex therapists know how to navigate mental health, uh, sexual health, uh, spiritual health. And yeah, just those three things there, mental, physical, and spiritual, really tie into intimacy and sex. One thing I'm, I'm when I speak to men about uh, sex issues that will make you want to consider a sex therapist is when you wake up in the morning, is your dick getting hard? <laughs> if your dick has not gotten hard if in the last month or two, it's probably time to see a therapist. It's, it's time to see a doctor. But for sure, you may need to walk in to see a sex therapist. And what you'll end up finding is you're probably having some health issues with weight, gut issues, right? You probably find that you're having mood issues. Uh, a killer of sex and sexual energy is stress, right? And depression and anxiety. And, you know, you may not have any physical health issues going on, but if you have just those three things in your life, this extreme amount of uh, stress, anxiety, depression, you'll find yourself, you know, penis might not be getting hard in the morning or whenever you're trying to be intimate with your partner, man, woman, whomever, penis might not function reliably, you know, and that really scares a lot of men is our penises aren't being reliable in intimate moments. And it looks and feels like ED, but it's a, it's really just a natural thing. ED is going to happen to all of us. It's happened to me. You know, it's happened to most men. And then there's this small percentage of men where it doesn't matter what you do, your penis is going to be reliable and functional. And and I'm jealous of that person, whoever you are. <laughs> me too. Some of your <laughs> I'm jealous of the person <laughs> sleeping next to them. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> 
so so a, a sex therapist is kind of if you want to put it in the lights of a doctor they're your general provider for the sexual realm we can give you a general amount of education we know how to navigate again mental health physical health spiritual health stuff some of us but not all of us get into the the tantric arts get into all these other and and i say that respect I don't want want to seem like it's a show because tantra is not a show. It's a it's a it's it's a life. It's a way of being. It's a way of healing and it's a way of living. Uh, some sex therapists are adept in knowing how to navigate that and do that, and some sex therapists aren't. That doesn't mean that they can't help you. Um, a lot of sex therapists still refer. Uh, I had a, a friend from up north had uh, some clients come down south, and clients really needed a black therapist, a black male therapist, and so they referred to me simply on that. Right. And so so that's really a population I really focus on. I focus on everybody, but I really and uh, specifically right. I try to focus on black men because there's just not a lot of healthy sex positive spaces for black men to be black men sexually. Right. And so uh, I've created that space through Kaya uh, so that we can do that. And and with that, you know, uh, my new venture, which is why I was referred to you, Laura, is pleasure and cannabis. And, and the, leaving gender out of there, leaving race out of there, I just want to focus on that as my new venture and focus on all the people that are studying THC, <laughs> cannabinoids, terpenes. all the things, terpenes. Oh my God. I was reading a book about, I think it was called Wellness in Terpenes or something like that. And I didn't know that if you eat a mango before you smoke your weed, it helps you get high because of the mercine terpenes in it. Exactly. I was like, what the? F-? So, yeah, so now, exactly. Get- so, when you go grocery shopping and you see somebody who's got a big pile of mangoes, you yeah. just look at them and go, I know what you're up to. <laughs> <laughs> so, now, but you know, that's, that's so important, though, right, Laura? Because we can now talk about it as a medicine, but also associating it with a diet to help us be healthier because we have to incorporate fruits into our diet, right? And so if now we can get higher and, and to feel a certain kind of way and feel maybe more pleasure, if you will, because of the specific kind of high that we're, we're getting with, with, with cannabis and the diet that we're having, oh my God, we're healthier, we're higher, we're, we're, uh, we're managing mental health, we're managing physical health and spiritual health components, right? So, you know, but that's just not talked about. You know, we're not talking about how we're going to match up terpenes with with cannabis, which already has terpenes in it and, and, and being great. And then also with like a dietary thing, like, for example, nuts and seeds. Nuts and seeds really help our endocannabinoid system, which helps us process cannabis whenever we take it. Yeah. So it, it, that also amplifies cannabis, just as an FYI. Oh, thank eat, you. Eat, I, and I didn't eat know lots that. of walnuts. Okay. (laughs) And when they say eat like a bird, and I've repeated this a number of times, when they say eat like a bird, they're not talking about portions, they're talking about seeds and nuts. Okay. So uh, that's, that's my kind of like, you know, free bit of information is that you should really look into the, the chemical components of nuts and seeds. And, and, and just speaking about walnuts in, in general, What's interesting about that is uh, when it breaks down into your system, I believe it breaks down into L-arginine or something like that. It works with the vascular system, which for men, well, actually for everybody, for women too, it helps the penis penis become erect. But also for women, also clitoral goes back, it extends, it helps you, it helps everything to function, right? It helps that blood flow. And so walnuts and cannabis 
and and sex is very important. And I'm just learning about walnuts. Yeah, walnuts are particularly fascinating. Yeah. And and, uh, I know that there are certain cuisines out there. Like I know that, uh, for example, Georgian cuisine, and I'm not talking about the state. I'm talking about the country, (laughs) the country Georgia near Russia. They have, they eat a ton of walnuts, a ton of walnuts. And I, and I now in hindsight, I'm like, damn, I should have listened to some of those grandmas uh, and just kind of go, give me your walnut recipe. Cause I'm going to have a fruitful winter. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Cause like, it's, it's about to snow here again. So oh, I was like, you have to be, you have to, if you're Canadian, you really have to understand indoor sports yeah. unless unless you can uh, unless you have the gear for winter uh yeah you should really you really in order of, when you talk about mental health winter impacts people for example in the northern part of the hemisphere rather severely because we have a really limited amount of sunlight and and when you're living in the darkness and it's cold and you're alone of course, there's depression, <laughs> you know, uh, and if there's one thing that is not going to help, it's drinking, yeah. you know, and there's a lot of towns up in the north that are completely dry in the winter because yeah. they've already learned their lesson. Boozing and winter doesn't always make a happy time, yeah. whereas something like cannabis, cannabis can help because of the way that it interacts with our brain chemistry and can help alleviate things like stress and depression. So I'm, oh, and you had homework. The last time we talked, you were going to do some homework with that Um, oil. Please tell me it worked. Listen, I bought the oil and I have not had a sex life as of late. So I've, I've I've had a bit of that was two weeks ago. Oh, where's your wife? I got to talk with her. I know. I have not. I, I got the oil. And so we're going we're gonna to use it. I, just, I need a report. You know I, I need a report. I'm going to give you a follow-up report. Mm. I'm so sorry. I, I, didn't, I didn't have it. I didn't have it mm. for you. So I was like, oh, my gosh. I didn't, I didn't have this... Uh, it's crazy. I was supposed to use it two or three days ago, and we just didn't. Uh, we didn't have the oil handy. <laughs> uh, we just got. We just got right into it. And okay. So, well, then so you're I forgiven. Did, I did, you're I, did forgiven. Have, I, had, I had a session or two, but I didn't ah. use the oil. So, oh my god. Fine, so, yeah, you're forgiven. That. At least, at least there was some action. Because I'm like, wow, that was two weeks ago, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Get on this. Yeah. Get on top of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I also want to know. We, we, sometimes we have our, our dry spells too. <laughs> so, yes, that's yeah. true. That's true. And, and you know what? Honestly, I, I think that at least in, in Canada, we have something called like nesting, right? Where it's, you're going to put up with somebody while it's cold. And then as soon as the spring thaw comes out, it's like, well, thanks. <laughs> thanks for <laughs> keeping me entertained at minus 20. But I'm out. <laughs> so, um, and, and I think that we're coming up to the holiday season. Okay. So as a sex therapist, I know that the holidays bring out either I'm going to get engaged to you and I want to be married to you, or 
I am totally leaving and divorcing your ass because I am not spending another year with you. And I think that mentally, this is the time when that sort of decision is made and verbalized. So as a sex therapist, do you encounter, say in January, uh, a real kind of push for your services? I actually have. There has been an uptick now getting ready for the holiday season. And I've found it hasn't been just individuals, like the, the, the people that are individually having issues, they don't have any partners as uh, they're really not knocking on the door as, as much right now, as much as the people that are, that are already couples are getting ready to take a significant step as a couple, whether it be marriage, kids, things of that nature, where there's somebody else involved uh, in consistently long-term. And so what I'm dealing with is looking at people that are trying to figure out how they can be present with another person, right? So physical physical presence is, is one thing, but we're talking about the emotional and intimacy part of it during these moments. So you're, you're, you're around family and friends that can take away from the intimacy because you're having to take care of kids, you're having to take care of mom and dad, or you're having to cook or prepare for all these things. And that can take away from the moments where you, I know you've heard this before, where you should definitely plan for intimacy and pleasure, right? If you don't plan, then what do we have? And the idea of planning is typically a nuanced thing for a lot of people. Well, I didn't see my parents plan, like they just did it. Or I don't know if anybody else is planning, it should just happen organically. We're at a point where it just needs to happen. And then let's go from there. You know, sex therapy, therapy or not, let's just get the ball rolling and then let's see what's up with those balls, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> Speaking of balls. <laughs> right. <laughs> so if you don't put anything on the plate, then what do we have to work with? And I think that's a lot of things that couples are not understanding is let's just put the effort, right? The effort into getting it done. If we don't have the effort to move forward with having it, then there's nothing for us to really break down. Uh, that's going to really work in these moments. So let's go ahead and just start trying and let's start working on the necessary uh, uh, avenues of intimacy and pleasure during these holiday moments. And for the people that are moving on, typically there is, you know, there's issues of just non-sex, right? This uh, 10 times or less uh, than over the given year, that's considered non-sexual uh, relationships. We have 10 and less. And typically, you know, people that are just pretty much done during these moments, these holidays are pretty much dealing with that, probably some some affairs of some sort. Uh, and of course, lack of trust, lack of understanding how to, again, how to build and be in the presence of others. And this happened over a long period of time where during the holiday seasons, they just want the the results right here, right now, or, or is done. And those typical types of feelings are, are normal when it comes to folks getting in to want to have therapy and especially sex therapy. But when you look at the course of your experiences in a lifetime, you've, you've had years of these issues in this one season and of let's say one or two months and thinking that sex therapy is going to help you get your sex together. That's just not true. That's unfair for the both of you. And, you know, I typically work on my clients with, with trying to get them in for long term, because we're going to have to do all those years of unpacking and then some resolving. So yes, I, I, from what I've seen is people are having issues with being present, uh, and again, not just physical but emotionally and intimately. And uh, you have to navigate 
what emotions you want to have, what emotions have been reckless, what emotions have been toxic, what behaviors have led to all that, uh, what the history looks like. And typically people don't want to chew on that. Um, it's just, you know, let's just get to the good stuff and let's have this, this bust a nut and let's have, let's give these gifts or let's eat these turkey legs and let's go on about life. But, you know, if, if that's what all you want, is that really you experiencing life and enjoying it? Because you're missing out on all the richness of, of everything that can go in between those moments. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's really interesting when, when you're talking about intimacy and, and expectations, yeah. because there are societal expectations for women and there absolutely. are societal expectations for men. And I feel like a lot of the, the conflict happens because society is trying to kind of box us into uh, literally a corner and say, this is how we, is an acceptable way of expressing your sexuality and your intimacy. And, and if you deviate any from this very tiny sliver of how uh, intimacy can unfold, you only get this little sliver. And I think that I've had a couple of conversations. I just had a conversation yesterday with a man who is in, who was like 30 years old and didn't know who Jim Morrison was. I'm like, wow. Okay. Cause he was, he was quoting Kanye West to me and I, I'm sorry, I couldn't tell you a single song. You're not, you're not missing out <laughs> I know he's married that. to that, that the girl with lots of sisters or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like, I, I'm sorry, I didn't, I, the only reason I bring this up is because you know, his, his take on it is that men are afraid to express what they may want to explore in terms of perhaps the prostate nerve endings without being perceived as gay. And that this fear of being labeled as gay for a certain section of uh, male society is going to, is the real fear that if yeah. they express something to their partner, they're going to be judged and then they are going to be labeled in their community for the rest of their lives. So that inhibits a lot of the intimacy chit chat. And I was just wondering if that, if that was in your experience as a therapist, if that is, is any sort of core, core issue. Yeah, absolutely. And I've dealt with that myself. I grew up, I grew up and had a very rich and, and, and good, uh, healthy, upbringing but it was so linear it was these expectations and these tropes of, of Greg and this is what Greg needs to do to be a healthy human being and I had to shuck and jive I had to be a slave for that and I had to I had to take the necessary steps to say this is not what I want I've had to do certain educations I've had to see certain things I've had to take certain journeys to say life is not linear and you know, I don't want a linear life. I want all the expectations for Greg to be what Greg wants for Greg. And, you know, life tends to be circular. Life tends to be all over the place. It tends to be skewed sometimes. And that's okay. But you pick up the pieces and you make them work for you. So when we're talking about men that typically want to honor and go by these tropes, these uh, scripts that were made before we were even thought about. Yes, there is a lot of unlearning of, of that. There is a lot of rediscovering. And it typically does look like straight men of any color, background, race, or whatever, magically feel like they become gay 
if they can't express themselves in any kind of a kink. Anything outside of vanilla typically falls into a gay category almost for a lot of men, which is unfortunate, right? You can have yes. vanilla sex and kinky sex and be a straight man. Amen when to that. <laughs> when you're cleaning your ass in the shower, are you gay? Yeah, exactly. Does that magically turn you gay? No, it doesn't. And sometimes it's going to probably even feel good, especially if it's if it's itching and you're going to need to clean it and scratch it, right? No, you know, diseases or anything's going on. And I'm not shaming any of that. That's a whole other conversation. But let's just say that you worked out or whatever. Now you go to the shower and you, you got to clean yourself and you find yourself cleaning your ass, right? And it feels good to clean your ass. You don't want dick in your ass, right? You doesn't. You don't magically become gay, and you're not having the emotions, the journey that gets you in tune to what it becomes. Uh, what becomes a gay experience? It is simply just cleaning. And for a lot of men, it is uh, a lot of unpacking and a lot of work to do to even talk about that, right? Just well. So when you clean yourself, is 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 that? Is that starting to arouse you? It, it, or, or how do you feel when you're cleaning? So it's, it's, it really is a, a difficult thing for a lot of people that feel like uh, living life, doing life things that you need to do to live a healthy life. Does that magically turn you gay or not? And uh, yes, that is a, a, a issue for some, for a lot of people, not everybody, of course, right? But for a lot of people, it's some of the silliest things just like that, you know, uh, having a dream that you can't control, right? We can't control our dreams. They happen randomly and, and at any given time when we're asleep, if we remember them, uh, sometimes we remember them and it may have an act where a man is kissing another man, whether it be you or someone else. You wake up. That may feel like a dream. It may feel like a good dream. It may feel like a nightmare. Whatever it is, those feelings you had, that does not mean that your sex and sexuality just changed. It just meant that that's the experience you had while you were asleep. Now you can unpack that and you could definitely end up maybe gay at some point or straight at some, straight at some point or, or anything on the sexual spectrum. Uh, you may be end up you may end up developing or turning or, or or changing. Let me just say that and and developing again. I want to underline develop. Uh, you may develop into someone different and better uh, as far as your sexual self, and that's okay. But you know, over a dream or a number of dreams, that doesn't change your sex and sexuality. It's simply an, an experience. I've had many dreams of me being a, a, a great football player. I'm not a football player. I'm a therapist, <laughs> you know, or even a pilot, or even you know, a king ruling the world and doing all kinds of fun and crazy things. Like that's at the at the root of me. What's in front of me is a therapist and uh, a lot of other things that you know. I, I'm a family man. I'm, I'm not dreaming about being a family man. You know, but the dreams that I have typically are, are, are simply just dreams and people have to come to terms with that. But yeah, there is a thing where people are fearing gay folks and fearing magically turning gay. And it's it's OK. There's nothing wrong with being gay. And it's, it's, it's going to be a lot of education and unlearning for years to come for us to get comfortable with that. I, I don't know how long I wish we can end that war, but uh, it's, it's still happening. Yeah, me too. Because I've had lots of dreams about Selma Hayek. <laughs> so have I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <Plenty>. exactly. 
I mean, I'm a trisexual, you know, try anything once. Yes. And, you know, if, if, <laughs> if uh, some Hayek wants to drop by, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wear yeah. like a hat. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> I think another thing that people take the act of sex very seriously and they forget that it should also be a form of play as well. And it's just like, why are you taking yourself so seriously? Why don't you come in here with this rubber ducky and like, uh, let's play nurse. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And if we don't even use the rubber ducky there, just yeah, let, let the rubber ducky be a, a person to observe. It'll be like the elf on the shelf. It'll just be yeah. the rubber ducky. That's right. Let's entertain the rubber ducky and see how we get this thing off. So, yeah, you know, people take the fun out of sex. I'm just going to say it for a second. You know, I think it, it, it typically is the, the expectation of Christian values or even religious values outside of Christianity, too, that says, you know, procreation, right? And we know that, that what procreation does to people uh, when it's forced and expected that you have to do that. And that's that's unfortunate. That takes the fun out of sex. We are, Our bodies are set up for pleasure. It's also set up for procreation, but it's also set up for, pre for pleasure. Why don't you just take your journey and experience all the things that your body is set up for? Your body doesn't, you, you didn't come equipped with those things to not experience them. You came equipped with it to have it. So let's have this fun. And you're right, you know, it's uh, miseducation. Again, those tropes and expectations of society tells us we can't have fun. Uh, a lot of books don't honor the word pleasure and fun in them. A lot of important figures are refused to say pleasure and fun when it comes to sex. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's it, again, going to be one of those wars we're going to have to end so we can be human beings and experience what we're born with. This is a gift for us. Let's unwrap it and enjoy it. Oh yeah, which is why I definitely want to amplify what you have to say and, and why I was like, I was so excited to have you as a guest because I'm like, yes, I want this message out there. Um, especially since I know that a lot of men are struggling right now because let's face it, we've had two years of isolation. And for those men who are single, and I've noticed it because I'm a single woman and I have kind of dipped my toe in some of the dating apps and just the ferocity of the, the male, shall we say, aggressive behavior on these apps. I'm like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to give this a pass and just kind of <laughs> let the frenzy kind of calm down as we yeah. emerge in, from our cocoons, because mm. it, it's really, it's manic. Okay, it is manic. It is something that to me as a single woman is terrifying because it's like, you're so frenzied right now that I don't think you're thinking logically. And you're not thinking of it from a woman's point of view where it's like, um, if, I, if I go out with the wrong guy, I get raped and murdered. Right. <laughs> you know, it's not right. a question of a satisfying experience. It's a question of whether or not I'm gonna lose my life. So it, it's, uh, it's something that, you know, women have to take into consideration because let's face it, men are bigger and stronger, even though, you know, I'm a six foot tall woman and I, I'm not, you know, you better hope I go down in the first punch again, you know, this, I'm still going to lose that fight. <laughs> Chances are I'm going to lose that fight. So it is, uh, it is something that women are concerned about. And, and like, to me, 
we need a sex therapist like you who is going to be able to provide like a brotherly or fatherly voice to men to say, we need to calm the hell down. Okay. It's going to come. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. And you know, COVID is a blessing in a number of ways. And I say that respectfully and to not to be insensitive to the people that the brothers and sisters, our family members and friends that we lost, bless your hearts, bless those souls. And I'm sorry for everybody that had someone to move on and pass on, but within the same breath, it did pull back the curtains on all the things that are going on. And it did force us to deal with it. I know you, you heard about divorce rates. I know you probably heard about people getting into therapy because, you know, before COVID folks were fucking, I'm, I'm okay. I'm nothing, nothing wrong. This is normal. Well, you're having to deal with this normal thing that you're dealing with and you're realizing that it is not normal and whatever normal is right and with that we understood that that touch has been going on inappropriately and we've understood that the importance of touch is also something that is healing is something that can can help us deal with the the issues of mental health physical issues spiritual issues which makes it again the sexual issue of, of a sex therapist, right? We are understanding that touch does so much to help you and your uh, mental health issues become regulated, right? If you're all over the place, some people call it, uh, and I say this respectfully, for the folks that are, are have gone months upon months and days without sex and having issues with being sexually frustrated, just a simple touch. It, it doesn't even take penetration or anything like that, but uh, simple holding, cuddling, which is a which is a profession, right? Professional cuddlers are out there. They're booming because they're doing the great things to help you uh, with the the love with oxytocin and, and and loving on each other and hugging on each other and allowing you to be near and dear and to build that connection you want as a social being. You can get all that through touch. You know, you don't necessarily have to hire a professional cuddler, but what is very important, like you said, when you're dealing with these these weirdos that are out here just making it unsafe for people. And I say that, and I know that was disrespectfully, but you know, there are a lot of weirdos out there. We have to definitely make sure we're navigating these avenues on apps the best way possible. I just don't know how you can be 100% safe out here. From those from those people but you don't know you really can't be, it, because yeah. like the the true psychopaths know know the buttons to press and choose yeah. their victims wisely in yeah. terms of their insecurities they know who to talk to and yeah. i think that that and that uh, as a therapist being able to help somebody realize what their triggers are and understand when they see manipulation and and how they can be manipulated into abusive relationships because as you said uh not just so much the divorce rate but also the domestic uh abuse uh rates i'm sure are astronomical at the moment because it is a hidden kind of crime because you are dealing with your abuser is also the person that sleeps next to you and and, and there are so many conflicting uh, emotions that come with that and uh, that, that goes for both sexes. It's not like I, I am discounting that men are not uh, domestic abuse victims either. But I, I, I'm sure that from what I'm reading, it's, it's, it's depressing reading, actually, <laughs> about uh, what, what they think is happening going on behind closed doors. And that's through every economic strata, 
every race, every culture, because we're all stuck in this together and we're stuck and we can't go outside. Like we're literally held captive in our, in wherever dwelling that we have with somebody that might be abusive and there is no escape because there's nowhere to escape to because you can't leave your house. (laughs) So, and I can imagine as a sex therapist, there's gotta be like the seed of where this abuse comes from. And I think that it comes from insecurity and the deprivation of love. And I am assuming that those are the things, whether it's childhood trauma or whatever, but like, to me, like how, how do you as a sex therapist kind of dip your toe in something like that sort of water? Like uh, I can imagine that not so much domestic abuse, but also emotional abuse, like withholding, withholding emotion, is also abuse. <laughs> Not knowing how to navigate emotion is can can lead to abuse a lot of times. Not knowing how to recognize that within yourself and someone else. So emotional intelligence, you know, some people may say EI or EQ, is something that we review, teach, and move through in sessions that I have. Dealing with understanding how to discover love and how to define that, the healthiest forms of it, right? Because we can say, oh, we're just in love. This is just passion and you're getting your ass beat. That's not passion, (laughs) right? Yeah, exactly. And so uh, we're looking at what is healthy love. We discover healthy stuff because as a therapist, we have the DSM. We diagnose all the things that are disease related and just, just fucked up, right? Or just bad or just challenging or just issue based. But one of the, one of the challenging things with the DSM is discovering what healthy looks like. And that's what a lot of therapists have to do uh, uh, as far as working on is working with their clients and discovering what healthy looks like. And what I do a lot of times with people that have any kind of trauma or anything outside of trauma is discovering what healthy looks like, whether it be healthy sex, healthy love. So now we have something that we know is rich and good. And while we're working on the other things, we can use this as a thing uh, that can help us. Uh, experience life and to be the best version of ourselves. Because just think about it, if you just, if, you, if everything was always doom and gloom, there was nothing healthy, there was nothing appropriate to 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 lean on to or to understand, that's a depressing uh, Who wants to live there? To live I don't want to live there. Right? Nobody <laughs> wants to live there. So you have to understand and define what healthy is. And that is a lot of homework for some people and not so much for next, but there's ways to do it. Uh, navigate it. Hopefully you have a therapist and especially a sex therapist to do it with. Uh, And it can be fun. It can be fun. And I say that respectfully. I want to make sure I don't sound insensitive, but it can be fun. Oh yeah. Uh, And I think that you're doing such good work because, you know, as as somebody who's working with cannabis, uh, I think that cannabis can be a way for couples to kind of reconnect intimately with a shared experience. Yes. And, and I think that something like an infused lube or an edible that you do together, I mean, assuming, unfortunately, if you're not a cannabis connoisseur or you haven't done cannabis before, this can be a bit of a challenge if you've never done it and you might have a different reaction, but that can also be a learning experience that you go through together as well, going, I love this. And it's like, oh my God, I'm having an anxiety attack. I'm going to go lie down in the dark, <laughs> you know? Right. But I also think that that is a shared experience. And, and I've read a whole bunch of articles about couples who go through shared experiences end up having a closer bond with each other and that that makes kind of the intimacy 
work. And, and something like cannabis, because it, it kind of has such a brain chemical interaction, especially around pleasure centers, around emotions and things that it definitely can help cultivate uh, an intimate experience that can be pleasurable for everybody. And, and with, of course, a degree of caution because it does have medicinal qualities. But uh, I really think that for someone like you, cannabis can be the key that opens a lot of doors. Thank you. I, I agree. And we had a conversation about Delta A the other yes. day. And we may or may not get into that. I don't know if we have enough time. but I got I all the to- time. Honey, I have all the time for you. Oh, you're so sweet. And so I was talking to my rep about uh, she's going to help me organize this this new journey I'm taking with cannabis and pleasure for individuals, couples, groups, whatever. But we were talking about that. This is just an area that has just not been, there's just a small population of people that's talking about cannabis and pleasure. And I don't think people understand, and you've been in the clubhouses with me. I don't think people understand how important the conversation of cannabis and pleasure needs to needs to needs to take off and be had. I make sure that whatever circle I'm in, whatever conversations I have, if cannabis is being discussed, like on Clubhouse, I always ask, "What do you think about cannabis and pleasure?" Because I like to listen to people and see what what they've learned about cannabis and pleasure. And a lot of people get stumped on what they can do with cannabis or pleasure. It's usually like, "I'm tired. I don't want to." whoop this person's ass or I'm, I'm so upset. I'm just going to smoke. This is my therapist. And, you know, you don't, you can use it kind of like a, a preemptive strike, if you will, to, to manage, right? Use it beforehand. And it can also have the sexual benefits that can keep you managed, regulated and doing all the great things. And so people aren't really talking about cannabis and pleasure. It's always the back end of things. Like, let's be a little bit more preemptive with our management of self. And so, so yeah, just, you know, having this conversation with you as I take this venture, uh, having more discussions about cannabis and pleasure in the body, this, this is a great moment and this is a great opportunity. So I, I, w- I couldn't have, I wouldn't have turned this down, even if whatever, I just, I, just, I couldn't <laughs> turn it down. I, I wanted to have this conversation with you. So thank you. Oh, oh, oh my God, uh, please. I'm calling myself an orgasm activist because I think. Oh, I love it. Yeah, exactly. It's not my phrase. There was a person that I was talking to from Baltimore that that is like turned me on to that turn of phrase as an orgasm activist and, and knowing how a woman experiences orgasm and the amount of complex chemical exchanges that have to happen, even if it's at the speed of light, these chemical reactions have to happen in order for a woman to achieve an orgasm. And knowing that these are have certain difficulties, specifically, you know, when we're talking about women who are menopausal or postmenopausal, when we're talking about penetrational pain and that sort of thing, where it's like serious discomfort. So you're not going to have fantastic sex life if you're like, oh, my God, it's going to be great. And then it's going to be painful. And then I'm not going to have fun. Did you say vagtastic? Vagtastic. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm stealing that from you, okay? I'm I'm (laughs) going to be putting that in hashtags and shit. Vagtastic. I love it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I'm not going to move forward without giving you some praise on that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, very 
very good. Oh, well, there you go. That that'll that'll be my paying it forward for taking over like <laughs> orgasm activist. <laughs> That's it. That's it. But yeah, if it's gonna be badgetastic, then you know, it's such a a challenge I think for women to express to their sexual partners if they're in, for example, a heterosexual cisnormative relationship to express to their male sexual partner that you know what they're doing is painful and they're never going to be happy because they don't want to do that and bruise the ego of their partner uh and say you know you know that you know that thing that you've been doing to me for the last 20 years well it's not doing it for me anymore and that is let's face it brittle egos happen (laughs) so and and because like there's just so much emphasis on penile virility. Yeah, you know, it's unfortunate for men. We we typically, well, for in, in, in heteronormative situations and in relationships feel like sex has to be mind-blowing from the get-go and has to maintain this staying within this box for the long haul. And and bodies change, men change, women change, and women get in. To, the, to those moments where you're menopausal, right? And men want to continue to have the same kind of sex. You just can't do that. You just can't. I mean, you, you definitely have to lead up to the moments in a different way. You definitely have to have the intimate moments differently. It's typically tough for us to do that, uh, especially when sex ends on the receipt of pleasure of us coming and us being satisfied and us doing the necessary things that says, this was great because I had a great time. And we're getting away from understanding the bodies of the woman and as it's changing. So if she's not gonna have a good time, fellas, your situation is not gonna be good anymore. So it's, it's gonna be- And it means you're gonna have less things. sex. You you're know? gonna have less sex. And it's a yeah. vicious, I don't wanna say vicious cycle, but it's a cycle, it's a situation where I'm just gonna say it, you know, straight men have to understand your sex is gonna change swiftly. Right. In a matter of months, you're, the way you're going to have to have sex and good enough sex is going to have to change. And I say that so that you can do the necessary things to feel whole and great and good. And so can and so can your partner. And uh, it's hard for men to understand what the bodies of the woman is going through because we don't understand our own. Right. Thank you. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the wisdom coming out of you today. I love it. Thank you. Yes. So. Over time, you know, we're talking about our penis functioning and what the fuck is happening. It's not getting this kind of hard. It's not this kind of rigid. We're focused on us. It's always inward. We're not having the necessary energy and understanding exchange of anatomy, emotions. And so we typically have transactional performance sex like day one, and we're not changing it. And so, you know, it just takes, it just takes us, it's that capital E, it just takes effort. It's going to take education and understanding, EEU. And so when you do that, we can definitely start making some changes to having good enough sex, right? And that's the most important marker to to, to shoot for is good enough sex. Uh, Let's get away the mind-blowing sex. If you shoot for mind-blowing sex, you might just only have that once in your lifetime. And that's a a sad situation to have when you can have good enough sex most of your life. And so the marker you should shoot, shoot for is good enough sex. And it's going to take the effort. It's going to take the energy and understanding to get. There. And think of all that brain chemistry that's going to be happening 
you know, you can have that uh, mind blowing sex that happened for a few hours once when you were 22, or you can have a lifetime of all of that amazing kind of average sex that stimulates your brain to the point where you are a happy and content person. And for, as we kind of like go back to the office, you know, as things open up, we all know who we work with, who we know is not having satisfying sex at home. (laughs) It's it's pretty obvious who those people are. (laughs) You don't, you don't listen. You can be a virgin and still understand, oh, they ain't getting no sex. They ain't getting no pleasure. They ain't getting getting nothing. So yeah, man, it's um, in, in those heteronormative circles, situations the onus is on the man it, it really is and you know that really show that woman on woman y'all are doing great things with each other for yourselves but when it comes to men and women there is a significant pleasure gap as that's the term that we're throwing around i and also think that women know how to lie to each other better than men know how to lie to each other in terms of how satisfying they are or how satisfied they are it's not until you get a couple of bottles of wine in that you get to hear the truth serum of what's going on. And and when I was doing my in-person workshops with cannabis and menopause and sex, it takes a lot of effort on my part to try and allow the women to feel comfortable enough to disclose what's really going on. And a lot of the times it's pain and insecurity and shame. And they would rather put a happy face on and go, oh, that was great, dear. And meanwhile, has been faking orgasms for the last 15 years. And it's just like, what? You've been faking it for 15 years? <laughs> what? And I was, you know, of course, I'm not going to say that to their faces. But, you know, for me, I feel heartbroken. It's like you have spent 15 years lying to the lying to the person that you're, you're in love with, right? That's your partner in life. And yet... You, you don't want to broach that subject yeah. because it's women have been conditioned to go along to get along rather than be confrontational in any respect. And, and what I find really interesting is that men are, are dealing with very similar issues, but with different parts. <laughs> and women are also going through the same issues and then ultimately we just want to have more sex right, you know we both want it yet can't express it because we're both thinking that the other thing the other one's judging us but they're not really judging us it's, it's just like you know those cartoons where like the men and the women are i wonder if he's thinking about another woman and then like it's like the other guy's like yeah i heard uh you know i read that popeye's chicken is having like some sort of like sale today so i think we should go get some popeye's chicken for day. and and that like ain't the normal situation for a lot of relationships yeah exactly yeah. And, and and i think that ultimately it's communication that's right that's right. And, and that's like all we all we need is communication. And I think that that's the secret sauce. That's right. That's right. I, I think we also need to learn how to unplug to a lot of women. And I say this respectfully to all the, the, the listeners and viewers. I think we need to unplug from from radio, from from Cosmopolitan, from from anything that there is a writer and they're trying to do the necessary things for clicks, likes, and, you know, to fund whatever their pay rent or whatever. You know, you're going to say things to sensationalize and get people in to understanding and loving you for who you are, but you're not really uh, about healthy sex. 
And one thing that I, I typically get frustrated with personally is women, and I say disrespectfully, don't come for me. If you do, let's have the conversation. But I, I get kind of frustrated when women feel like the sex wasn't good because they didn't have an orgasm from penetration. And you're not understanding all the other ways to have orgasms, right? You should see the toy that I bought myself for Christmas. I mean, that <laughs> Santa is bringing and leaving under the tree. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? I, I absolutely agree that we women are conditioned that penetrational sex is when we have an orgasm. And the amount of women who can orgasm through penetrational sex is incredibly small. Yeah. So stop faking yeah. it, ladies. We know yes. that you're lying. <laughs> we know that you can be right. And you can you can easily, well, let me not say that because I think that's disrespectful. You can you can definitely engage with an orgasm from clitoral stimulation. It's just that's just, just go ahead and have that and enjoy that. Why step over that uh, ability? Why ignore that ability in pleasure? Why ignore that ignore that ability in connection with your partner, man, woman, whomever? right? Just go ahead and have it. I, I, I get typically personally frustrated. From my personal experience, women get frustrated because they didn't have an orgasm for penetration. And so, but anyway, I bought my partner a, what is that? Is it the rose thing? It's the rose with the dildo attached. Yes. Oh, that's the so, one I bought myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. So that, okay. You got that oil to do, and then you got that rose thing to do, and I need and a we report. Have- we have another. We have another episode. We're talk about. <laughs> episode two. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Because that's exactly what I bought myself. Because I was looking at it, going, "What's that?" You know, and, and I got some glowing reviews. It's got some sort of suction technology or whatever, like something. Yeah. When I was talking about like my Wii vibe, thinking that I was the most sophisticated person on earth for having this, and it was just like, "Oh, you're so cute." <laughs> and as I was saying, it was basically like me coming, showing up uh, with like uh, a beat up Volkswagen bug to like a Formula Formula One racing going, look at my ride, man. That would have blow you guys away. <laughs> right? So yeah, um, like what they, what is coming? is crazy aside from myself of course (laughs) (laughs) but what's coming for like virtual reality stuff and the meta universe and how like the bluetooth technology is going to have where we can have sexual experiences out in virtual reality so we can like have sex with a pink cloud or whatever right it's like i'm gonna be a unicorn (laughs) you know (laughs) and then have a person be able to stimulate whatever you have on you and and then have that sort of randomness of them but like that that's that's within the next kind of three or five years and that's something as a sex therapist i'm going to need to study because that brings pleasure but it also brings connection right if somebody else can help you have that orgasm from china if i'm on the road and my woman is very horny and she wants to have sex and i can't physically be there but i can still give her an orgasm that's a connection we can have and i think that's beautiful for couples right oh, it's just i look at it like rights. for people who are for example disabled right yeah. and you know so that they can have a body in a virtual reality situation that they're not limited to, to their own physical body yeah but i also see lots of red flag warnings for those kind of gentlemen 
who have very difficult abilities to connect with other humans uh, yeah. where now they never have to leave the basement yeah. like they never have to yeah. and, and when they try and make a connection with a human how is a human female going to compete for your attention when you can have sex with like xena warrior princess yeah and and that's for me as much good as i see and i see a lot of good for example just what you said if i'm off traveling I don't need to go hang out in the in the hotel bar or whatever. I can order room service, put on whatever machinery that comes with it, and then connect with the person I want to connect with. Yeah. And, and then have that satisfying, intensive uh, situation, not necessarily by my side, but will keep me going until we're physical. Like the physical contact to me is something that COVID has really made me appreciate. That's right. You, you um, have to wonder what's, what's, what's to come because that's been made to understand this is important. Now you have to wonder what's to come with this lesson in, in understanding the importance of touch, uh, especially with the nuances of uh, virtual reality and sex and stuff like that. And I, I have to go in a little bit, but I, I, have, I have a question. Anyway, uh, I was watching the show called Upload and in the show Upload, on a uh, prime video you can get into this basically kind of what you're describing kind of like a virtual reality suit and put on your virtual reality goggles and then you can your breast or your butt can be whatever it is your penis can be as thick or as long as you want it or as short as you want it whatever it is and you can do all these things with your body i'm wondering is that where we're going with it because that's what it sounds like we're going with sex and virtual reality and pleasure and, and all these other things that's going on. Like to me, I, I see like a lot of advantages, but I also see a complete disconnection of uh, actual emotion of the sure. here and now in my physical space. And, and I think that that kind of disconnection with somebody who's literally right beside me, as opposed to out like in, in, in something that in real life cannot compete with. Because in real life comes with freckles, hair, pimples. It comes with that. It comes with reality. And, and uh, I, I think that a lot of people are going to have issues with that. Because if you've been having sex with a cartoon character in virtual reality, and then you are faced with the nuances of a human body is that going to be as stimulating for you and and i think that that is going to be a question for someone like you well my friend we have to do an episode two i'm going to give you an update on oh yeah for sure and the, the tour actually comes today so <gasps> <laughs> so i'm really oh my god we totally absolutely <laughs> have to have yeah. episode two because you yeah. have homework not only yes, you have not just one <laughs> chapter, you have chapters. You have two <laughs> chapters, oil chapter and the rose. Because I want to know, because I haven't like technically paid the bill for it yet. Um, I've because it's on back order. I have a guy. I have a guy that I, I think he has some. He had, well, he's he, he's called Toy Guy. That's oh, the that's, Toy that's, Guy. Yes, I know him. Yes. Oh, is that who you ordered it from? Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, he'll, he'll get you, he'll get you taken care I, of. I, I know he'll take care of me, but yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like, oh my God, if you've already got it in hand, because of course you're in the same yeah. country. So yeah. I can only imagine Canada customs going, how come we're getting so much of this rose stuff? <laughs> what are the, what's the rose? 
<laughs> Valentine's Day yet? When yeah, it's like it's Christmas, back. isn't it? <laughs> 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 okay, so just just uh, to wrap this up, I'm so glad they connected with the toy guy because I love what he has to say too. Yes, and I think yes. that between the two of you, it's just like wow. I have really, really, as a woman, really considered how when I am with a man to make them comfortable in their disclosure to me of what they want and that I don't give them the side eye going prostate, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and really that has made me check myself in the sense is it's like, Oh, I didn't realize you guys were that insecure. Yeah. You know, and and if, if that's a real lesson for, for me and for all the ladies out there is like, you've got to make your male partner secure in his disclosure, because if he feels judged then or labeled, it's going to be a lifetime burden for him. And so, you know, to, to, to to keep that in mind when Mm -hmm. somebody's disclosing like, well, what I really like, or what I'd really like to try, or, you know skirt around what and really whatever it is whether it's like uh i'm really into chickens or like can you dress up like a chicken (laughs) you know like whatever it is right to to be open-minded enough to kind of go okay i'll put on the feet but i'm not putting on the outfit (laughs) you know and and just like get cold so i'll put the feet on i'll put the feet on I'll put the feet on. Oh, that'll be the compromise. But, <laughs> you know, and just have it like that way and, and, and look at it from a compromise point of view and just kind of go, okay, well, I'll take some of this. I'll do, I'll do this, 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 but I won't do that. <laughs> and, and anyway, so as we kind of like wrap this up, a top tip for getting through the holidays that is simple enough for people to keep in mind. That your body's changing and it can change over the course of a day, uh, you have random experiences that will change your body and your body will respond differently to different things. One thing that I have uh, done with clients and started to do in, even in my personal relationship now is body maps. I, I've been speaking about body maps for years. Uh, body maps is if you get on Google, get a blank map of a body. It doesn't have to be a man or a woman. It could just be a unisex situation. Give yourself the opportunity to look at three colors. Red is a no-go zone. Yellow is an iffy zone. Green is an all-day go zone. Educate yourself and make it fun with the person. Have a conversation about body parts as we're engaging. And then, you know, understand that when, when this in the morning, everything is green. During the day, yellow. At night, red. Or certain parts are red. Certain parts are green. Certain parts are yellow throughout the day or throughout the week. Have that discussion and watch it lead to something beautiful as, as far as a connection and understanding and then the effort, right? I'm talking about EEU. That will help with the effort, the education and the understanding just by using a body map. And that'll help with your connection and better sex all the time. What a great idea. I've never heard of this, body maps. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yep. Especially like all I can think about is like, okay, I get it. Like at the end of the day, Let's talk about my lower back <laughs> and, yeah. and, and guess what position you aren't going to be doing. And that's going to be anything that's going to be impacting my lower back. That's right. That's right. And so Perfect. while we're still here, we're still kind of in the COVID lockdown, some areas, some of us and others, we're just, we don't give a damn about COVID. But while we're, in, we're near and dear to each other, we might as well take advantage of this moment and do a body map and have fun with it. 
Oh, that, that is so simple. And it's something that you can do together. Yep, and it's absolutely. not judging. Okay. Right. It's not judging. Oh my God. That is such a great tip. Body mapping. I'm gonna have to look that up and make sure I provide a link because that is what a simple life hack. Okay. You yep. want to have better sex over the holidays. Let's look at this body map Yeah, and, and then include this is before dinner and this is after dinner. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. And, 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 you know, just like we said, don't take out the, 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 uh, the interest of fun in that conversation. Now, part of it is going to be education. And sometimes education is going to be straightforward. It, it just is what it is, but it doesn't have to be without fun. You can definitely put fun in there and, and, and engage. But thank you for this moment, Laura. Uh, we're oh, gonna, thank we're gonna, you so much. Doing episode two. I'm just. Oh, I'm telling you, I, oh I'm, yeah, I'm, we're definitely doing episode two. We're doing this. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know what? I'm jealous because I know what you're about to do because you're going to be sitting at the doors going, "Is that the delivery? Is that is that the delivery guy?" <laughs> that's right that's i'm right. so jealous i'm and I'm jealous of your partner too <laughs> oh thank you <laughs> I, and it's because i'm like hmm is my, is my tour recharged what have i got this afternoon what have i got going on <laughs> anyway thank you so much you've been you. really uh, amazing amount of information and wisdom that that my listeners will hopefully take to heart and, and apply to their own lives and have more orgasms. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll talk soon. And if we don't speak to each other for the holiday season, I know there's going to be lots of ho, ho, ho in your <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hopefully on both ends. Both ends. <laughs> awesome. Have a great, you. have a great day. It was lovely you chatting too. to you and we'll talk soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Love, Sauce and Grass. If you have a story to share or a knowledge you want to pass on, please get in touch. I can be found on Instagram, Love Sass and Grass, or laurahamilton.cancan. For one-on-one -on -one bookings, please visit my website, womensexandcannabis.com. The products mentioned in this podcast are opinions only and not paid for advertising. This is not meant to be a substitute for medical advice. Please consult a medical practitioner before starting any product.